Thank you, Father, for this day. Truly, Lord, today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Every day, O oh Lord, is a gift from you. Every breath that we take is a gift. Lord, you breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living soul, and you breathed into us the Holy Spirit, and we became living spirits. When we were dead in our trespasses and our sins, absolutely helpless and powerless, Father, being captivated by sin, O Lord, you came and rescued us. We just want to thank you, Father, for the very gift of salvation this morning. I pray, Father, that therefore, even as we, Father, spend this hour in your presence, O Lord, meditating upon your word, studying your word, delving into your word, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, you would anoint us afresh that we will understand the meat of the word of God, that we will truly not be children, Father, anymore, being tossed by every wind of doctrine, but Lord, will be steadfast, unmovable, Father, prepared for every good work, Lord, ready and be prepared for every good work, O Lord, in the days to come, O Lord Jesus, will be a bunch of people who will be zealous for good works, and Lord, your will and your purpose in our lives will become even more clearer because your word says be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove that which is good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God in our lives. Therefore this morning, Father, even as we surrender ourselves, O oh Lord, our ears, our minds, our hearts and our Father, our, our faculties I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would transform us this morning. Father, a little more in our thinking to the likeness of Jesus. That Lord, you would, Father, confront every idea, every thought that is contrary to the word of God, every, which is of this world, which is, which is of the devil every doctrine of demon, O oh Lord, which may, we may unconsciously or consciously be, be, being taken apart, being a part of, O oh Lord, confront it, and Lord, release us, O oh Lord Jesus, into the truth, O oh Lord, for your word says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This morning, set us free by your truth. Thank you, Father. To that end, I pray that you anoint this time of, this, of meditation, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. One of the interesting observations, um, if you can make, between the Old and the New Covenants or the Old and the New Testaments is whenever confession takes place, confession takes place in the Old Covenant, people say, okay, beginning with Pharaoh, I have sinned. Okay, Pharaoh says, I have sinned. Okay, and then the children of Israel, uh, they say, we have sinned. Okay. Um, Balaam says, I have sinned. Okay. Akan says, I have sinned. Saul says, I have sinned. David says, I have sinned. Okay. Micah the prophet says, I have sinned. Okay. Everybody says, I have sinned. And, um, even the prodigal son says, I have sinned. Okay. That is one, one, um, uh, Odd case, if you will, in the new cover, in the new covenant, you'll have, uh, the prodigal who says, I have sinned against God and, and against heaven, against heaven and against you. And I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. But if you look at one of the confessions, which is very powerful in the, in the, in the Bible, especially in the new covenant, um, Peter, in, we'll, we'll to, to turn there today this morning, but before we turn there, he says, depart from me, O Lord, for I am a, Sinner or a sinful man. The confession changes. Okay. He doesn't say I have sinned. He says I am a sinner. You see the being. That's a, that's a difference. It's a paradigm shift, if you will, from the old and the new covenant. Hmm? So what does it mean? There's a difference is used in that the, 
in the in in the in the presence of God, in the presence of the of the Son of God, he realizes a much more a deeper problem problem about himself. And what is that? That he there's something fundamentally wrong about him. There's there's a DNA issue. Okay, that I am born a sinner, and I'm prone to sin, and therefore he says, "Depart from me, O Lord. I'm a sinful man." If you turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter eight, it's a very interesting um, um, uh, situation, or a, or a, yeah, situation which many new Bibles say doesn't exist, but we'll go there. If you John's Gospel, chapter eight, of course, verse one. But just before we go to verse one, just look at verse uh, uh, last verse of chapter seven. Hmm? Last verse of chapter seven, and then we'll continue. Okay, mm, yeah, and everyone went to his own house. How they were arguing about Jesus and said, okay, no prophet comes from Galilee, etc. Um, and everyone went to his own house and verse 1 of chapter 8, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, okay? There was no house for him to go. The Son of Man really didn't have a place to lay his head. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. I mean, these guys were busy, busy through the night, okay? They went through the streets of Jerusalem and every brothel, I don't know if there was a brothel so those days, and they were waiting, waiting, and one woman was caught. Jesus was sleeping and these fellows were busy the whole night. I mean, it's really interesting how people go to lengths. You see, that is the reason why the wicked have no rest, it says. They are like the troubled sea, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam and Peter are looking at each other. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. So, the, the, the wicked are like the troubled sea, right? They're wicked like the troubled sea. So, they are, they are constantly being convicted and being confronted from this, by this man, with this authority, with this life, with this power, with this majesty, and with this holiness, with this love, with this compassion. They're not able to reconcile, come to terms with the fact that this is a Messiah. So they want to somehow find fault. So they're busy the whole night to find, to capture one, some, one poor lady who is, I don't know, for whatever sake she had to sell herself. I don't know, for whatever reason she was, she was sold into prostitution and she was caught in the act of adultery. They were busy, busy, busy the whole night. Jesus was, Jesus was, uh, asleep. Okay. So, interesting. Verse 4. Then they said to him, teacher, the woman was caught in, in, in adultery in the very act. We found it. Hmm. Okay, we had our, we made a sting operation and we found it. Now Moses in the Lord commanded, in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him, but Jesus stooped down. See, the whole purpose is what? To bring an accusation. See, see, the ultimate thing is, this is a problem right from Adam. Pointing the finger of accusation towards who? Towards God. You are the reason for all my trouble. If you didn't create me, none of this would have happened. That is the reason when Isaiah 58, he says, if you take away from you hmm, the pointing of the finger, finger pointing, to bring an accusation against God himself. That is the ultimate purpose of the enemy also. He's an accuser of the brethren. He wants to get accusation against God. He wants to turn the whole world against him and said, you are the tr- reason for all our trouble. Elijah, I found you, you enemy of Israel. The reason for all our troubles is what Ahab says. 
mother was eating their children mothers were eating their children and uh, the the king is clothed in uh, when uh, some sackcloth inside and royal robes outside and who is the problem for all this elisha is a problem you see this they said testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him the accusers of the brethren this is the pharisaical spirit but jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger they were pointing at him with the finger and jesus was writing something on the finger as though he did not hear and then so when they continued asking him he raised himself and said to them he who is why what a statement that is without sin he didn't say how many of you committed no sin no without sin among you let him throw the stone at her first and again he stooped down and wrote on the crown and look at the next statement which i i, I think this is one of the most amazing statements then those who heard it being convicted by their what what convicted them it's not the holy spirit <laughs> their own conscience convicted them you see i'll tell you what conscience is like a compass okay now if you see a compass compass points towards magnetic north it has to have a reference point if uh, the if the magnet is faulty your compass is faulty suddenly the very the perfect magnet of god is standing right in front of them so what happens all their compasses become good okay if you understand the analogy okay don't don't let me not go into that now okay went out one by one beginning with the oldest even to the last and jesus was left alone you see they were convicted by their own conscience what happened if you turn with me to romans chapter 2 verses 14 to 16 14 to 16 romans chapter 2 verse 14 to 16 for when gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law these although not having the law are a law to themselves and who show the work of the law written in their hearts ah their conscience also bearing the witness and between themselves can you, can you just uh, put it in esv verse 15 and 16 it's a very interesting verse they show the work of the law is written in their hearts while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts i like that accuse or even excuse them <laughs> on that day when according to my gospel god judges the secrets of men by the by jesus christ on that day when god is judging the secrets of men their conscience will bear witness against them and their own conscience will what condemn them to hell see if you observe uh, the four gospels um matthew mark luke and john um john has a very specific purpose what is the purpose of john it says in john's gospel chapter 20 don't have to turn there it says all these things have been written that you may believe that jesus is the son of god and believing you may have life that's the whole purpose of john so it's more of an evangelistic book even though it is deep see that is the reason why a lot of people got converted because of uh, john's gospel okay uh, if you know rajkumar ramachandran right rajkumar ramachandran he wanted to prove his friend wrong so what did he do he purchased a bible and he started reading john's gospel when he started reading john's gospel he was confronted by these statements that jesus was making i am the way the truth and the life what are these absolute statements baba either he is mad either he is lying or he is a lunatic or he is a lord only three options 
liar, lunatic lord. Okay. If anybody goes, keeps on going saying, I am, I am God, I am God, you'll say, Are, something is wrong with this fellow, crackpot, no? There was one guy who, who used to, whom we knew, knew so many years back. He went on YouTube saying, I am Jesus. Hmm? Very well known among in Hyderabad, okay? Uh, <laughs> I am Jesus, I am Jesus, the guy is a looney tune, God. It's gone case, no? Either he is lying, or he is mad, or he is Lord. So he was reading, 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 reading. He was confronted by these absolute statements. I am the light of the world. If anyone believes in me, out of his bloody shell floor, rivers of living water. He, he, by the time he finished John's Gospel chapter 21, all, all his arguments were silenced. He became a believer. And after that, it's history. You know, Rajkumar Ramachandra, he's called the walking, talking Bible. Hmm? He doesn't carry his Bible anywhere. He just speaks the word. It's all there in his mind. It's a gift that God gave him. So you'll, you'll see that, you'll see that every gospel has a particular emphasis. And if you uh, read the different accounts of, 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 of the gospel, you, one of the, one of the major emphasis of the gospel according to Luke, both parts, part one and part two, part two being the acts of the apostles, okay? So doctor, according to Luke, according to Dr. Luke, if you will. So gospel according to Luke, one of the primary emphasis, the word which occurs the maximum number of times in the gospel according to Luke is the word repentance. Okay. What is that? Repentance. Okay. Repentance. Repentance, repentance, repentance. He keeps on confronting people and you will see how people repent. Example, Zacchaeus, prodigal son. Hmm? Um, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Peter, account of Peter, the woman who comes and washes the feet of Jesus, Jesus, okay, because of sins, sins are many, etc. So you'll see repentance being, um, being, uh, uh, what do you say, played out and emphasized in the gospel according to Luke, okay. So today we'll look at some, one, one aspect in the gospel according to Luke, but before we go there, if you look at Luke's, Luke's gospel chapter 13, and let's read from verses 1 to 5, hmm? Luke's gospel chapter 13 verses 1 to 5, Look at what it says. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you support that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you no. But unless you, what? Repent, you will all likewise perish. For those 18 on whom the on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you, what? Repent, you will all likewise perish. Okay, sinners, you will see the word sinner, not committed sins, okay? If you turn with me again, Luke's Gospel chapter 15, okay? Luke's Gospel chapter 15, and let's read from verse 1 to 7, 1 to 7, okay? Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near him. So tax collectors one category and all the other sinners another category. So so the worst were obviously according to them tax collectors. And the Pharisees uh, drew near to, to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Okay. So he spoke this parable to them saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness... 
and go after the one which is lost. Now, when you read these verses, the word for lost is very interesting. It means, in the original Greek, it uses, the, the word that is being used is apolemi, which means the one who has been condemned to death. Literally. Condemned to die. Lost. Okay. And go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, I have found my sheep, which was condemned to die. I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 <laughs> righteous persons who need no repentance. You see, the, the emphasis is 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 uh, in the gospel according to Luke is uh, remarkable. It's about repentance. So, what about us? They're all sheep. They're, you know, we call it we call him. He's the black sheep of the family. As if, but they're all sheep. White sheep, black sheep, all are sheep. Look at this. One First Peter chapter two verse twenty five. First Peter chapter two verse twenty five. Mm-hmm. For you were like sheep. All of us were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of the souls. Actually, Isaiah 53 says, we were all like sheep going astray. We were all doing, each of us was doing our own way. And now the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And what is iniquity? To doing our own way. That is iniquity. And what did... The chief shepherd come for John's gospel chapter 10 verse 10. We know this verse very well again. I'm just putting all these verses uh, to set the the premise. Mm, the thief does not come except to steal, uh, to kill and to destroy, to, to kill you and to destroy you. I have come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So this morning we want to look at one particular episode. And understand what what repentance actually means and a conversion of uh, Apostle Peter. So let's go to Luke's Gospel chapter 5 and let's read from verses 1 to 11. Luke's Gospel chapter 5 verse 1 to 11. <clears throat> so it was as the multitude pressed about to hear to, about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesareth. And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out from, gone from them and were washing their nets. Okay. Obviously they, they caught nothing. Okay. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land. So he asked him to push it, thrust it a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, He said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man or the other word is actually sinner. O Lord, depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all 
and followed him. 11 verses. Now if you look at this entire passage, you will find PLLDF. I'll tell you what that means. Five things that Jesus says. Five words of Jesus. First, put out a little from the land. First word. Second, first words, I mean, sentence. Second, launch out into the deep. Okay. Third, let down your nets for a catch. Fourth, do not be afraid. Fifth, from now on you will catch men. Five things. Okay. Put out a little or launch out a little or thrust out a little from the land. First, a little from the land. Second, launch out into the deep. Okay. Third, let down your nets for a catch. Fourth, don't be afraid. And from now on, you will catch men. These are five things. And in this, you will have the conversion of Peter. Okay. So first thing he says, put out a little from the land. Okay. Now, what are these guys doing? They're hearing the word and washing their nets. Hearing the word and washing the nets. See, one of the things that you need to understand, we hear the word most of the times, but our focus is always on empty nets. Okay. We come to the, we come to church and we hear the word and we say, Lord, how do we solve this problem? Turn with me to John's Gospel chapter 4. I'll give, I'm telling you, I'll tell you what, what I mean by that. John's Gospel chapter 4. I didn't put it here. supposed to but yeah john's gospel chapter 4 and i'll show you the exact verse and verse um uh, 13 and 14 13 to uh, 13 to 15 13 15 jesus answered and said to her whoever drinks of this water will thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that i shall give him will never thirst but the water that i shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life and the woman said sir give me this water that i may not trust uh, thirst nor come here to draw i don't want to come here anymore okay so exactly how we look at our situations and our problems you know how do we look at it it's shallow where are we? We are only a little away from the land. We are not very too far from the land. Very, very little away from the land. Our, our word and our understanding of the word is very, very shallow. And how do we look at it? We only look at the word of God and our empty nets. How to solve this empty net problem? Okay. But Jesus is just not interested in empty nets. He's more interested in the reason why you have empty nets. <laughs> Especially believers. I'll give you an example. Turn with me to Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. Okay. And let's read from verse 1 onwards. Okay. I'll tell you to stop. 1 to 11 you can see. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts. I think this is in ESC, ESV, right? It's in NKJV? Oh, yeah. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts saying, This people says the time has come, has not come the time that the Lord's house should be built. And then go on. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple be in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown 
much. You bring in little. You eat, but you do not have. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, <laughs> earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. That's your life. Okay. That means, you work and work and work, ultimately you find, you have nothing. You have empty nets. Okay. Could be even in the ministry. Working, 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 but no revelation. <laughs> Studying, 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 studying. No revelation. Empty. And then he goes on, he says, verse 7. Thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, but indeed it has come to little. And when you brought it at home, I blew it away. Why? Question. Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withholds dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. What is the reason? This body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. My house. The Lord for the body, the body for the Lord. You were purchased and were bought with a price. What are you doing with the Lord, with the, with the body of God? Is it in ruins? That's what it says, no? In uh, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. He who has no rule over his spirit is like a city which is broken down and is without walls. You're not considered, you're not concerned about my house which is in ruins, but everybody is concerned about empty nets. What are you concerned, concerned about? Empty nets. Question this morning. <laughs> Are you concerned with empty nets? I'll tell you why you're concerned with empty nets. Because you're only a little away from the land. Empty nets. A lot of our lives are something like that. Sometimes, many times are like that. Okay. You know, I've seen many people, no? They earn a lot. But by the end of the month, they have nothing. Okay. They have three times the salary of a normal guy, but by the time the 15th day of the month comes, everything is ushkaki. There's nothing. Priorities are gone. Empty nets. Empty nets. What is that place? You know why their lives are still empty? Because they're still shallow. You're still in control. The Lord is clearly not the Lord of your life. You have your own plans in this world and you also want God. You want all this and you also want heaven. <laughs> not going to happen. Jesus told the rich young ruler, if you want to be perfect, complete, sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. He went away, sir. See, that is the reason why the life does not consist by the abundance of the things that you have. If you turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 15. Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 15. Let us read. Let's uh, read from verse 14, actually. Verse 14. Yeah? Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 14 onwards. 
13, 13, 13, 13, yeah, sorry. Then one of the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to a man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. You know, if you just, just for a second, turn to ESV. Just for a second, come back here, okay? Yeah. Uh, and he said, take care and be on guard against all covetousness. There are so many covetousness. Okay. Let's go back now. Beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Okay. So you can, you can have a lot, but you still have nothing. I like that uh, statement that Pastor made. The currency of heaven is souls. <laughs> souls. Souls is the currency of heaven. That is the reason why he comments that shrewd uh, uh, servant. So and what does he say? Look at this shrewd servant. What did he do? That's the reason why he said, the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. And therefore he says, make your sin cells with unrighteous mammon so that when you go there, you will have a rich welcome into everlasting dwellings. You see? You see? Take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Let's go on. Let's read it. And then he gives a parable. Okay, verse, four, verse 16 onwards. Then he spoke a parable and said to them, the ground of certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? <laughs> Since I have no room to store my crops. So he, so he, he, he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns, build greater. And then I will, I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Thank you. And he says, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. You know, the tragedy of many people is they want to retire early. And after that, wanderlust. Have you seen that? Okay. I have many friends, you know, they want to retire before 50. Before 50, they want to retire, have sufficient, and after that, wanderlust. He says, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. What is it? Toiled all night and caught nothing. So the next thing he says, let's go back to Luke's gospel, chapter 5. Verse 4. When he has stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. Second thing what he says is, launch out into the deep. You see, it's not in the shallow waters you understand the problems, the reason for your problems. It's only in the deep. If you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 4. It's, what does it say? It says, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. 25, same thing. Counsel in the heart of man, if you turn there, okay? Proverbs chapter 20 verse 5, 20 verse 5, yeah? Yeah. 
counsel in the heart of a man is deep water but a man of understanding what does he do he will draw it out that is the reason why in counseling you know what people do talk speaking keep on speaking 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 and so with the different 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 words that they use they will you know you keep on observing um actually a watchman he wrote a book i forget the title of the book uh, pastor eric gave it to me several years back he said when people come to you with their issues let them talk when they keep on talking 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 through the words you will see what the actual problem is deep down some issues are there so what is counsel that means thoughts counsel in the heart of man is deep so what a man of what does a man of understanding do slowly draws it out okay it's like you know he's doing a root uh cause analysis okay rca is going deeper and deeper and deeper is asking speak 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 and all the frustration and the anger and the bitterness and everything comes out then he says okay this is the issue excuse me not laden for the soul watchman he uh, another book about on counseling as to how to counsel okay another thing uh, ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 24 ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 24 okay as for that which is far off and exceedingly deep who can find it out <laughs> answer only god nobody can okay isaiah chapter 29 verse 15 <laughs> look at this very interesting <laughs> 29 verse 15 woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the lord <laughs> <laughs> okay what do they do they seek deep to hide their counsel that is the reason why you need the discernment of the holy spirit when when ananias and safira come and offer the offering peter looks at him and says why did you lie to the holy spirit what are you doing you're trying to seek deep to hide your counsel from the lord and their works are in the dark they say who sees us and who knows us say it's the deep shallow See we are not only looking for the solutions to our problems we are looking at the problem at a much deeper level Okay Isaiah chapter 31 verse 6 31 verse 6 Okay some of the some of the uh, adjectives are remarkable return to him against whom the children of Israel have deeply revolted this is not not revolting see when people say no i will not do it but there's a defiant spirit in people you know there's a saying in telugu atvinayam durta lakshana meaning he will when he comes to you will act as if he is very very nice and humble but deep down inside of his heart is against you he, he is having rebelling he has a rebelling attitude against you like children no sit down <coughs> i'm sitting down but in my mind i'm still standing up <coughs> see i'll do it when i grow up when i grow big then you then when i have my own money see this is all deep issues revolt and rebellion is a deep problem okay this wormwood where deep down inside <coughs> hosea chapter 9 verse 9 hmm? interesting verses they are deeply corrupted who are these people the children of ephraim as in the days of gibea he will remember the iniquity he will punish their sins deeply corrupted i want to show show you another one leviticus chapter 13 verse 3 leviticus chapter 13 verse 
The priest shall examine the sore on the skin of the body. And if the air on the sore has turned white, and the sore appears to be deeper <laughs> than the skin of the body, it is a leprous sore. <laughs> Where is leprosy? It is deeper than, uh, than on the top. It's just not topical. It is going much more deeper. Then the priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. See, uncleanness is a much deeper issue. That is the reason why he says, out of your heart comes evil thoughts, lusts, fornication, adulteries, murders, etc., etc. Where is it coming from? It is coming from deep down inside of your heart. <coughs> so what is God saying? Thrust into the deep. Then you will understand. Who knows the things of God except the Spirit of God? And who knows the things of man except the spirit of man. The spirit, he says, in Proverbs, he says, spirit of man is like a lamp. It goes into the deeps and searches out all the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So what does he do? Paul, he says, Paul, uh, for Peter, shallow waters is not going to help you. Shallow waters, you'll only be looking at your empty net. Okay. And all, and you'll think that full nets is a blessing. For many people, God has blessed me. How does he know? God has been very gracious to me. Grace and blessing is directly proportional to the bank balance and the possessions that they have. What is actual grace? Are you able to overcome sin? Sin shall not have dominion over you, but you are not no longer under law, but under grace. No. Everybody sins, no. We are all having our own weaknesses. But they, that, 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 that they don't consider as having grace. Grace is the power of God to overcome sin. The grace is the power of God to t- say no to ungodliness and worldly lust. What does grace do? It teaches, it says. Grace gives the power to overcome sin. Grace teaches us. Grace gives, the, uh, gives, us, the, uh, gives us the ability to work hard and labor more than others. Remember? Different workings of grace. Grace gives us the ability to give to others, the heart to give to others, etc. The grace of giving. So, the problem is a much deeper issue and unless and until I go there, it's not going to help you. That is the reason why Naman, what does Naman want? He wanted a topical cream. Give me an ointment, no? And I will be healed. We go to the doctor. Doctor, injection? No. Doctor, ointment? No. No ointment? No. There's something much more deeper there. I have to create, I have to deal with the issue there. And unless I take you to the deep, you will not be able to understand anything. And why do people get offended? Because the seed doesn't go deep. Okay. It doesn't go there. Deep down inside. That is the reason why. What, what happens? The cares of this world. Okay. No. Uh, the, 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 the faith is absolutely at the topical level. Shallow. At the emotional level or at the max. At the level of their thinking or of their mind. But doesn't go deep into the spirit. Our problems are spiritual. Many of our problems. Many of our problems. Okay. We only look at psycho and soma. We don't look at Numa. <laughs> Psycho means of the mind. Soma is of the body. But most of the issues are of the spirit of the Numa. So first thing he says, thrust a little into the, away from the land. It's very interesting, right? 
Peter all Jesus always deals with individuals. Right? That is the reason why he takes one from a tribe, two from other people, and he brings them all. Every one of you has been individually worked, worked by God, right? And you had to spend so many of your days alone with God. Right? I, I don't know. I know, I, at least for, for me it was true. Alone being dealt with God, no fellowship, nothing, one on one with God for at least six months. Before God actually brought me into the fellowship. Six months. Okay. What do we call a sabbatical? Nobody knows where you have gone. That wilderness is an appointed place by God. That is where God has to take you in order for to, to deal with issues in your own heart. Okay. Every, every. It is not looking at only the topical issues. That's what he tells uh, Moses. He says, put your hands into your heart. And the moment he takes it out, Full of leprosy. Have major issues there. Then the third thing. Let's go back to Luke's gospel chapter 5. <coughs> Launch out into the deep. Okay. And let down your nets for a catch. Okay. That's the word. And what does he say? Lord, we have toiled all night and we have caught nothing. But at your Word. You see, the two words for word in the Greek, in the in the origin, you know those words. One one is called logos. The other is rima. Tell me which word do you think is used for word over here? At your word, rima. <laughs> okay, interesting. Okay, at your rima. That means why? Why am I saying this? If you turn with me to Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That means, what is the word which is rima meaning? It's a living word. Basically, it's a living word. Which is a word which generates faith. What is the word? It is a word which has got the power of God to generate faith. Show you. 10.17. Same thing. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Mm. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... What what do you think? Logos of God? It is a rima of God. It is a living word. A word which produces faith is a word which is living. That is the reason why the word of God is living and active, powerful than a two-edged sword, which goes, which goes into the, which discerns, which separates the bone and the marrow, discerns the thoughts, the soul and the spirit, and the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It goes deep, 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 deep down. So the generating, the word which generates faith is a living word. Okay. Turn with me to Roman, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Look at this. Now faith is a substance. Okay, go on. Okay, 11, 1, 1 and 2. Okay. The faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For it, for by it the elders obtain a, uh, obtain a good testimony. In verse 3. By faith we understand. Huh, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the. What is that? The dream of God. It was a living word. That's the reason why Paul says, the God who commanded that light should shine out of darkness has shined the light of the glory of God in our hearts and brought us to life. It is a living word. 
Generation. The word of God which generates faith is a living word. That is the reason why, you know, Paul, pastor keeps on telling, telling us, you know, listen to people who will fire up your faith and just not look for logic in the scriptures. We don't need just logos. Logos from which we get the word logic. That is the reason why apologetics is great, but it's a demonstration of the spirit of power. Well, that's the reason why Paul, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech. I did not preach the word of God with, with, uh, let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Some incredible, actually in the Telugu is even more greater. The language. Okay. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. So I have the testimony of God. No, to declare the testimony of God, I did not use excellence of speech or excellence of wisdom. I have the testimony of God. I have the word of God. But I did not use excellence of speech or excellence of wisdom. For I determined, it was a conscious decision to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified by, verse 3, verse 3. I was with you in weakness. In fear and in much traveling and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power. Now, so that, that, that's the reason, so that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see that? That is the reason why the gospel is a dash of God. What is that? It's a power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 onwards. Having been, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the, what? The word of God, which lives and abides forever and then goes on. Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. What is this? The Rima. What we preached was a living word, was not a dead word. Which brings forth life. You are born again, not of corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible. See? What brings cleansing? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 onwards. Wives, submit to your own husbands, to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. Okay, go on, next verse, verse 24. Therefore, just as Christ is subject to the... Oh, sorry, verse 25. Yeah, husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And then, that he might sanctify her and cleanse her by the washing of water by the... What is that word? Logos? No, Rima. What, what brings cleansing? Is the living word of God, not anything else. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rima that proceeds from the mouth of God. What brought conviction? What brought faith? Cast your uh, net on the other side. I have toiled all night, but at your word, I will cast your net. What brings genuine conviction? Matthew chapter 26, verse 71 onwards. Matthew chapter 26, verse 71 onwards. And when he had gone out of the gateway, another girl saw him and said to him, said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath. I do not know him. 
know the man. And a little later, those who stood by, stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them for your speech betrays you. <laughs> then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately rooster crowed and Peter remembered the word. Why? You know what? Many of the times when you read is Logos. And when the time comes, God picks up that one word and brings conviction and it goes like a dagger into your heart. You will remember. That is the reason why he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will bring all things to remembrance. He will not speak of himself. He will take that which is of me and he will teach it to you. So many times it happens. That one word which is there in your repository, God brings it out. And you will remember and that will go like a sword into your heart. And it'll, you know what will, what will happen? You will convict, oh, you will be convicted. And he says, and Peter remembered the word of God, word of Jesus who said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. Mataga, I think. Mataga was a word that the Philippians use. Philippines. There's a, there's a, there's a tribe in Philippines. Uh, they, they use the word Mataga for the Bible. You know? Why do they call, why do, why do they call it Mataga? Ah, something which, <laughs> which pierces them and kills them. That's what word, word, word of God does. It brings deep convictions. And Peter remembers the word of God. But let us look at his response. Let's go back to Luke's Gospel, chapter 5. I, I love the response. I, I mean, that is something which I, I, I'm stunned by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So, uh, you can you cannot use both these two, at uh, both these at one time, okay? It's off, it's off. You want to switch it off? Okay, fine. I'll... No, I'm fine, actually. I'm also not wanting, I don't want it. It's Sam's birthday, yeah? That's right, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, before, yeah, let's, 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 yeah. When Peter saw it, so they signaled their partners in the, in the other boat and came to him and they came and filled the boat so uh, so verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now think about this, my dear brothers. How is it that a fantastic catch of fish can bring conviction into your life? See, think about it, no? Vijay, Vijay, Vijay. I'm struggling to write a paper. I know I can relate to this. Okay, I wrote several papers. Not one, 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 not one got accepted. Reject, 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 reject. And the next time is, and God said, I get a vision from God, and Vijay, Vijay says, just write these two paragraphs, two lines in this, and your paper will get accepted. Okay, my paper not only got accepted, it got the best student paper award. What will happen to me? Yeah. Not normal reaction. A normal reaction is, yeah, my goodness, the Lord blessed me. He spoke to me and I'm going on a binge now. 
what made Peter come to his knees and say, Lord, depart from me, that I am a sinful man. It's the question that always bothered me. Let's read the next verse, verse 9. So we'll throw some light into this. For he and all who were with him were, notice the word, astonished. What were they astonished at? I'll tell you. To throw some light into this, you need to compare scripture with scripture. Diamond has to cut diamond. Okay. Luke's Gospel chapter 30, Luke's Gospel chapter 4 verses 35 and 36. Luke's Gospel chapter 4 verses 35 and 36. Hmm. But the word astonished. Okay. When Jesus rebuked him, saying, this is the unclean spirit, be quiet, come out of him. Okay. And the demon had thrown him, thrown him in their midst. It came out uh, of him and did not hurt him. And they were all, again, the word astonished and spoke among themselves saying, what a word is this. What were they astonished? Uh, so what was Peter astonished at? At the word. What a word is this for which what? Authority. Authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out of him. No, think about this. Think about this. Think about this statement, my dear brothers. What is Peter amazed at? He's amazed, not at the miracle, he's amazed at the authority of Jesus. And what is, no, he being a Jew, he knows scripture. I believe. If you turn with me to Psalm 8, verse 3. Psalm 8, verse 3 onwards, okay? When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, okay? Adonai Adonenu, Ma Adir Shimkar. It's the, it's the song. All of my children know the song. Okay. Okay. All of Sunday school children. Everybody knows the song. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? And verse 5. You have made him a little lower than angels and you have crowned him with what? With glory and honor. But man, all have sinned and Fallen short of the glory of God. That means we were all had authority and honor. You have made him have what? Dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Sheep, oxen, beasts of the field, mm-hmm, birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that passes through the paths of the seas. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Now think about this. Jesus says, Put your net on the other side. What is he telling the fish? Come and fall into the net. That's what he said. Come and fall into the net. That is what he's saying. That's what he told the fish. He commanded a fish, it says. Commanded a fish to swallow Jonah. He commanded the ravens to feed. <laughs> they commanded the ravens to feed Elijah and what did the ravens bring? Meat. Now what do ravens love? Meat. Think about that. Okay. Now, this is what we were all supposed to be. People having dominion. Peter, 
the rooster is not going to three is not going to crow until you have denied me three times so he stops the rooster shut your mouth till that fellow denies so every time in the life of peter god is showing what you lost you lost the authority and power to overcome sin in your life you are a slave to sin you lost your authority you have no power to overcome yourself you have no power hebrews chapter 2 verse 5 hebrews chapter 2 verse 5 onwards for he has not put the world to come of which he speak in subject or subject to the angels but one testified in certain place you know he is not quoting psalm in psalm 2 verse no 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 those days in only a certain place okay so you don't have to remember verse and uh, chapter and verse is not needed okay what one testified in a certain place saying what is man that you are mindful of him or what is a son of man that you take care of him and then you have made him a little lower than the angels you have crowned with glory honor and set him over all the works of your hands and verse 8 you have put all things in subjection and if it for in that he put all in subjection under him he left nothing that is not put under him but now we do not see yet all things put under him right we have still not don't we don't have authority what has happened when we sinned against god we lost our position we lost our authority we lost our ability to overcome sin that's exactly what he tells cain uh, cain cain sin is crouching at the door and its desire is to have you but you shall master it you should overcome sin but you shall rule over sin but sin should not rule over you what has happened to peter for once he is convicted of the fact that he has no authority to overcome any situation in his life and the reason why he is in this situation is because he has no power to overcome sin that is the reason why he says lord depart from me i am a sinner not that i committed sins i am under the slavery of sin they are astonished You see, that's the power of the word. The word of God has got the power to deliver. If you believe, look at what it says in Acts chapter thirteen, verse six. And I'm, I'm, this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It's like the confrontation between powers of darkness and and uh, and the one who is under the authority of God. Okay, a man under authority. Acts chapter thirteen, verse six onwards. Now, when they came, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Now, tell me, what is that? The word of God, okay? But Elimas, the sorcerer, for so is his name, is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, the first time the cha- the name change is mentioned in the entire uh, book of Acts, is Saul to Paul is mentioned in this context. Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, and said, "Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud." you son of the devil you enemy of all righteousness you who not cease pervert, perverting the straight ways of the lord and now indeed the hand of the lord is upon you and you shall be blind not seeing the sun for a time and immediately a dark mist fell upon him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand and then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done being astonished 
and the teaching of not Paul, of the Lord. You see, astonished. They were astonished. The question is, have you lost your authority? Have you lost your authority? Sin is couching at the door. You should rule over it. Are we ruling over sin? Or sin ruling us, ruling over us? You see? Every time we hear the word of God, do we go to the root or we just, okay, let me do this. Don't deal with the root issue. People in our own home will ask you questions sometimes. Knocking at Abigail's door in the morning. Okay. They're supposed to open the door by 7.15. Okay. But those guys, they finish everything. But nowadays, they, they, now they become a little, uh, they've grown up. So they finish everything and they're ready by 7.15. Okay. I thought they were still sleeping and I was knocking at the door. Ta, 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 ta. Abigail, where are you? Where are you? Open the door. And, and she opened the door. Why are you shouting at me like this? I said, why? I'm already ready. Why are you shouting? I mean, immediately I was a little convicted. I said, boy, what a guy. I'm shouting at my children. What is the reason? Screaming. Sometimes, you know, you just scream, shout, get frustrated. Okay. Frustrations rule us. Anger rules us. Something else rules us. Money rules us. Lust rules us. Passions rule us. Have you remembered from where you have fallen? You know, immediately Peter, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Peter had this. Boy, look at this authority of this man. It's interesting, right? The moment he saw the authority of God, he has conviction. I was supposed to be a man who was supposed to have this kind of authority. And I lost it. The power to overcome sin. To have dominion. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Genesis 1 verse 26. Genesis 1 verse 26. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have, you know, first thing that is mentioned is, a fish of the sea. That's interesting. Fish. Oh, you fishermen. You are professional fishermen and you don't have dominion over fish. You don't have. You, don't have, you cannot. In other words, you have no control over, over your situations. I'll tell you. And the reason why you don't have any control over situations, you still want to be in the land. You want to be in control over your lives. And when you are in control, you will, not have, you will not have dominion. When I am in control, you will have dominion. So what should you do? Empty the throne. Turn with me to Jonah. Jonah chapter 3.
verse 3 okay well, let's read from verse 1 okay the word of the now the word of the lord came to jonah the second time saying arise go to nineveh that great city and preach to it the message that i tell you Jonah rose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh is an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, (laughs) proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least. That's not enough. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh. What did he do? He arose from the throne. I like that. First thing, what did he do? He emptied the throne. <laughs> First thing, he arose the, from the throne. Second thing, he took away his royal robe and crowned and covered himself with sackcloth and ashes. What did he say? This is a symbol of my authority. He said, you know what? I have no control over any of my life or any of my situations. He just stripped himself and he covered himself with sackcloth and ashes. Remember when uh, my Micaiah is called to Um, How are they dressed? Royal robes. Fellow, you have no control. (laughs) You lost your authority. All you have is costumes. Then think about it, no? Are we afraid of the king in the drama? That's only drama. You only appreciate his acting. acting He's acting, he's almost like the king. Oh, look at that posture, look at his body language, etc. But we are never scared of him. Okay, that's exactly what 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 uh, devil says, no? Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but I am entertained by your acting. What fantastic acting you have. In all your royal robes, I, have, I see that there is absolutely no authority in your lives at all. To overcome any situation. All you have is costume. See? <laughs> Empty your throne. And you know what he did? He emptied the throne. This is repentance basically. You, see? you have to empty the throne of your life and give it to him. Just not putting a throne in our praises. <laughs> that is one thing. <laughs> putting the throne in our heart and saying, Lord, you are the Lord of my life. I like that. Uh, I like what when Pastor was talking about um, the Shashunamite woman. She brought him to the upper room. There, upper room. And she said, stay here and be the control of my life. Be in control of my life. He was convicted. He was astonished. And he said, Lord, depart from me. Let's go back to Luke. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, fish which they had taken. So first Jesus, what, what does Jesus say? First Jesus says, launch out a little from the land. Second he says, launch into the deep. Then he says, okay, uh, launch them and lay down your nets for a catch. And fourth he says, let's see. And so also with, uh, and, and so also with James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who are partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. I mean, amazing, no? What comforting words. Don't be afraid. So many times he does. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. No, you don't have to be afraid. Do not be afraid of me anymore. Why? Deuteronomy chapter 18. 
वर्स एटीन ऑनवर्ड्स जूटॉनमी चैप्टर एटीन वर्स एटीन ऑनवर्ड्स आई विल रेज अप फ्रॉम देम अ प्रॉफिट लाइक यू from among their brothers and i will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that i command him and it shall be that whoever will not hear my words which he which he speaks in my name i will require it of him why so verse actually not verse 18 but let's read from verse 16 verse 16 onwards hmm? 16 onwards according to all you desired of the lord your god in horeb in the day of the assembly saying let me not hear again the voice of the lord my god nor let me see this great fire any more lest i die and the lord said to them said to me what they have spoken is good i will raise to them a prophet yes okay we have to all be reconciled with god turn with me to first peter chapter 3 first peter chapter 3 First Peter, chapter three, and verse. Eighteen, verse eighteen. First Peter, chapter three, verse eighteen. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. but being made alive in the spirit romans chapter 5 romans chapter 5 and verse uh, 8 and 9 8 to 8 to 11 romans chapter 5 verse 8 to 11 yeah god demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him and then for if we were enemies we were reconciled to god through the death of his son much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life and not only so but we also what rejoice in god through our lord jesus christ through him we have now received our reconciliation actually you can put it in esv verse 11 put it in esv it's remarkable okay more than that we also rejoice in god we joy in god other translation will use the word we also joy in god through our lord jesus, lord jesus christ through whom we have received the reconciliation what have we, what has happened to us we have been reconciled to god don't have to be afraid anymore don't be afraid don't be afraid okay if you are if you confess your sins you are faithful and just he is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and the blood of jesus christ will cleanse us from all our unrighteousness which is that which translates kjb and not only so but we also joy in god he people who never enjoyed god now we will begin to joy in god you are not no longer yeah we have reverence for him but we also call him abba father okay you know in, in indian language is very interesting pita ji hmm. ji is respect pita is endearment okay mata ji pita ji we have we call him pita but we don't stop him stop there we call him daddy ji <laughs> mummy ji okay daddy is good but daddy ji is respect now we start enjoying god don't be afraid don't be afraid anymore okay don't be afraid come to god if you don't meet me to hebrews hebrews chapter 4 2 <clears throat> verse 14 onwards hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 onwards <clears throat> 2 verse 14 in as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood he himself likewise shared the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil and release those who through fear of death were 
all their lifetime subject to bondage. Why do you work so hard, so hard, so hard? Because you fear that you will not have food. If you don't have food, you fear that you will die. That is the reason why in 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 in, uh, in Telugu there is a language. Koti vidyalo, footi korake. All the uh, degrees that you that you acquire is to fill your belly. And that is everybody is scared of preserving themselves. You will die. So you, everybody knows that they will die, but they just want to extend their lifestyle and release those. Those who through fear of death were all their lives subject to bondage. How did he do that? Hmm? Let's go on. Verse 16. For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Okay, so what did he do? He finished the devil. They destroyed the power of death and released us from fear. We don't have to be afraid anymore. Do not be afraid. Come to God. Just as you are without one plea. Okay. That your blood will plead. Okay. The blood of Abel uh, speaks for revenge, but the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. It speaks righteousness for me, stands in my defense. It's Jesus. It's his blood. Already. And then let's go back. Now this is the most exciting part. Luke's gospel chapter 5. And verse 10. And so, um, yeah. So do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. I like that word. What will you do? You will catch, catch men. Actually, you know what it actual translation is? You will captivate men. Okay, you will captivate. You will captivate meaning. Okay, let me give you an example where this word catchman is used. Turn with me to Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-four. Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-four. Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-four. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. Actually, the other translation will use that they may come to their senses. Yeah, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Or what is happening to you? You realize the situation. You've been taken captive by the devil to do his will. Now what am I going to do? I've released you from the cap being uh, captive of the devil. Now you are going to captivate people for me. Now they will do my will. No, 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 no longer the devil's will. That's what the ultimate uh, uh, commission to uh, Peter is. So let's go there to Luke's gospel. Sorry, uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 36 onwards. Acts chapter 2 verse 36 onwards. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were cut to their hearts and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And how many people were added? 
3,000 people. So 3,000 fish he caught that day. He captured men. Now from now on you will capture what? Men. All captured men. They were all being taken captive by the devil to do his will. Now what are you going to do now? You want to release them from being taken captive by the devil. Now they'll be taken captive by me and they will do my will. But before we finish, we have to finish one more lesson with Peter. No. Let's go to John's Gospel, chapter 21. And then we can... <clears throat> last lesson for the day. John's Gospel, chapter 21. And verse... One onwards, yeah. And these things... After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? <laughs> Back to fishing, Baba. <laughs> Enough of this uh, Christian life. Okay? They, was, they said to him, we are going with you also. All of those fellows, they said, back to fishing. They went out and immediately got into the boat. It's like, it's, it's like this, no? Uh, it's like Jonah went back to, goes back away from the presence of the Lord and immediately finds a ship going towards Tarshish. And they immediately found a boat. They went out and immediately got into a boat. And that day, that night they caught nothing. And when morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? <laughs> they answered him, No. You see, the moment you go away from the presence of the Lord, you lose your what? Authority. Gone. And he said to them, cast the net on the side, right side of the boat and you will find some. <laughs> so they cast and now when they were, and now they were not able to draw it because of the multitude of the fish. Now this is the exact number also is given. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Remember that Baba? It is a who? It is the Lord. Notice those words. What has happened? He emptied our, we wanted to do our own thing now. He's no longer the Lord. It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard it, it was the Lord. He put on his outer garment for it, for he removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat for they had, for they were uh, not far from the land, but about 200 cubits dragging the net with the fish. Mm -hmm. Then as soon as they come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Isn't it interesting? Jesus already caught his fish. Without a boat, maybe he walked on water and he said, please fish, can you come? I, it's interesting, right? Every time, every time Simon Peter is given an assignment is always connected with fish. Simon Peter, should we pay taxes or not? Yeah. Should we live off taxes? Or should we be paying taxes? No, we should live off taxes because we are sons. Okay, we should not offend them. Do one thing. Go. Cast your... And the first fish, not the second. The first. Open it and you'll find. Every time. You see, this is the authority. That is what is directly connected. Fish and authority are directly connected. I have given them dominion over the water of the sea, over the fish of the sea. Fish. And bread. That's good, by the way. That is the meal for all of us. Okay, Jesus ate fish and bread and we also have to 
not crab and bread which we like <laughs> oh i'm not saying that uh, i'll don't eat crab i love it actually uh, but preferably fish and bread and not to sea fish okay because it's the sea of tiberius mm, no not tang fish okay because the omega 3 fatty acids are not found in uh, tang fish they are found in sea fish okay understand these are all health um, secrets jesus said to them bring some of your fish which you also caught is it is it's, it's amazing how jesus has kept kept on telling or is teaching all of us without me you can do nothing you want to overcome sin in your life one parable you learn from the from the life of peter and from what the fish has taught you without me you can do nothing you want to catch fish you want to capture people for god you need authority you need anointing you that that is the reason why i like that statement about leadership what is leadership leadership is the lifestyle which can influence other it is the power of a life which is lived out which can influence others that is authority what what authority do you all do all the all these things they, they all recognize the authority over his life okay what happens to us if we sin we lose our authority we'll have a position but we lose our authority Saul had a position but no authority who was driving who was fighting all the battles of god david the man having the anointing and the authority understand this principle jesus said to them bring some of the fish which you have just caught went up dragged the net full of large fish 153 boy i mean i i, I was i saw some uh, some youtube video some time back these guys are going out traveling in the on the boat and the fish are just jumping into the into the boat i mean that's possibly something like that happened with simon peter till at night jesus said not even a single fish will go to the net okay and from nowhere all the fish came one shot and although there were so many the net was not broken jesus said to them come eat breakfast yet none of the disciples dared to ask him who are you knowing that it was the lord <laughs> jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish this is now the third time jesus showed himself to his disciples after they was raised from the dead and then he asked simon son of jonah do you love me do you have do i have your heart simon how many times he asked three times and he makes a fantastic statement and i will stop there today for today verse 17 he said to jo- simon jo- um, uh, sorry verse 18 verse 18 verse 18 yeah most assuredly i said to you when you were younger you girded yourself and walked where you wished and when you are old you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you carry you where you do not wish to go in other words what is he telling simon simon till now you are the lord of your life empty the throne and give it to me empty the throne give it to me be led by me he's of course talking about his death here in this context but one one principle for all of us be led by empty the throne be led by god and you'll have dominion So this morning we looked at five important lessons at the 
at the shallow waters, all you look at is empty nets. At the deep, you will see why you have empty nets. And you know what? Jesus is just not interested in giving you full nets. He's interested in making you people who will capture others for God. You will be people with authority who will rule over your own self and you will have the authority to make others fishers of men. Capture fishers for God. There's only one thing God is looking for us. Let's go to Luke's Gospel chapter 5 and verse 10 and 11. Last verse. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who are partners with Simon. And Jesus said to him, do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. That's the point. That is how you do it. (laughs) They forsook all and followed him. If I'm right, this is at least the second call of Peter. Okay, First time you find him in his mother-in-law's house, where where, uh, Jesus rebukes the fever. Okay, I think of the third call. Uh, remember when uh, I think Andrew brings Peter to Peter to Jesus, and Peter Jesus says you will be called Caiaphas and uh, etc. and uh, Stone etc. But this is at least the third call. He still doesn't give up, and the first, the last time he says he forsakes all and he followed. And Jesus is telling all of us this morning. What is holding you back? Okay. What is holding you back? Look at one verse. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Toiled all night and catch nothing. Uh, nothing. You see, it's amazing, you know, when you when Jesus comes into your life, how things so radically change. How so, how they radically change. That one instance with God, with one word, at your word, I will do this thing. And God may be speaking to you, that one word, at your word, Lord, I will do this. And things will change in your life. And all that we stop ourselves from doing is that one word. But the word, God's word says, the word of God has got the power to work in those who believe. And what is believing is obeying. Obeying that one word. Obeying that one word. So this morning when we will pray and say, Lord, I want to surrender myself afresh. I don't want to be in control of my own life. I want to overcome sin. I don't want to be a a slave to sin. I want to know the reasons why I commit sin. 
I don't want to lose the authority in my life. The authority to overcome sin. The authority to overcome the world. The authority to overcome the powers of darkness. Your word says, Lord, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But then he says, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Having divided loyalties is having an impure mind. God wants all of us or nothing. Let us make a determined effort this morning and say, Lord, have everything. Nothing I want to withhold. Some of us have been given words, have been spoken so specifically, that one word we will not obey. To give up that one thing. To do that one simple thing. And the word of God is very simple. Just cast your nets onto the other side. Not very difficult to obey. God's word says that his commands are not burdensome. Just to cast your net on the other side is not a difficult command. To be kind, to speak words of kindness is not difficult. We make it difficult. To spend time with your family is not difficult. It's a simple command. To come to church on time is not difficult. It's a simple thing. God says, if you are not faithful in little things, little things, small things, if if you cannot tithe, tithing is actually very simple. If you are not able to give 10 rupees out of 100, how will you give 1000 out of 10,000? This morning, simple commands, little words, that one word, forgive your brother, forgive your sister, let go, simple. It's like the monkey with its hand in the, in the bottle, just let go and you'll be free. Just one little command. Cast your net on the other side. Very simple for a fisherman. And that, that was where the breakthrough was. And in, in, in those simple little things, we don't see breakthrough. Naman, go and wash yourself seven times and you'll have breakthrough. Naaman is offended. And his servant has to come and say, 
If the prophet would have asked you something very great, would you not have done it? How much more this little thing just to go and wash yourself? Peter said, Lord, yes, we were masters in, at fishing. We were professionals. But Lord, we know nothing. He had to humble himself and say, Lord, at your word. At your word. It was a very simple thing for Naaman. But God's word says there were seven lepers in Israel. But only one leper was healed. And it was Naaman the Syrian. God told Elijah, Elijah told the woman, just give me one small cake and you will have your breakthrough. That was a living word for him, for her. And that little thing, that little, small, little commandment, we do not do. And in that little commandment lies the huge breakthrough. Cast your net on the other side for a catch. This morning, can we just say, Lord, what is that little thing that you're telling me? Which I've postponed, procrastinated. One little thing. Do it. Father, this morning I pray, Lord, that you would speak to your people, O Lord. Yes, Lord, we hold back in little things. We don't, we are not obedient in big things. We want to be obedient in big things. But how can we be obedient in big things when the little things, we take them lightly? Father, speak to our hearts this morning. Stir us up to obey the least of the commands. For you said, even if you break the least of these commands and teach others to do so, you'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But if everyone keeps the least of these commands, you'll be called great in the kingdom of kingdom of heaven. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will obey. We will obey the little things. Not very big. Just one little thing. And there was a breakthrough. And this morning, Father, we don't want to hold back. We don't want to hold back, O oh Lord Jesus. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, if we, have not, if we were not obedient in those little things. May you find people here and all who are listening to be obedient in that little thing. Just to say sorry, it would be a little thing. Don't make a big deal out of it. To apologize could be a little thing. Let us not make a big deal out of it. Father, have mercy, O Lord. So many times our breakthroughs is, is found in little things, O Lord. I'm reminded of those lepers who said, if we stay here, we will die. If we go back, we will die. Let us go into the army of the Syrians. Perhaps we will be spared. And that step 
was the breakthrough. Not only for them, but for the entire house of Israel. What is blocking your breakthrough this morning? Cast your net on the other side. How difficult it is, is it for professional fishermen to cast nets? God doesn't ask us difficult things. He asks us to do little things. He asked Moses to just raise up the staff and he said, stand still and see the deliverance of the living God. Pray, Father, this morning, we will be obedient, O Lord. O Father, keep us from presumptuous sins, O Lord. Let them not have dominion over us. Search us and know us and see if there is any wicked way in us and lead us into the paths of everlasting life. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Father, we know, Father, we know, Lord, we know one little thing holds our breakthrough. Oh, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will find people who will be obedient and who will experience that breakthrough in their lives because that one little thing they will be obedient to. Speak to them, O Lord. Bring them to bring you to remembrance that one word which will convict them and bring salvation into their lives and to the lives of everyone who's associated with them. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord richly bless you.